This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hello and welcome to today's BT Techno podcast. I'm Brian Ashenden and I have the pleasure of leading the BT Technical Services team, a team of experts that are available to answer any technical advice strategy related queries you may have. Now this week has seen some significant and long awaited guidance published by the ATO around the treatment of non-arm's length income. Now, we started off with the release of Law Companion Ruling 2021-2, and this ruling looks at non-arm's length income, or what I'll refer to as NALI, where expenditure is incurred under a non-arm's length arrangement. And the ruling clarifies how the amendments to Section 295-550 of the Income Tax Assessment Act operate in a scheme where parties don't deal with each other at arm's length, and the trustee of a complying super fund incurs non-arm's length expenditure, which we'll refer to as NAL-E, or where the NAL-E is not incurred in gaining or producing ordinary or statutory income. Now, importantly, these amendments apply to income derived in the 2018-19 income year and later years, regardless of whether the scheme that gave rise to this income was entered into before or after the 1st of July 2018. Now, clearly, the intent of this is to try and provide some clarity through to superannuation funds and, and how they're going to be taxed. Uh, and just the use of the terms NAL-I and NAL-E itself can be confusing. So I will keep referring to the income side of it as being the NAL-I and the expense side of it as being the NAL-E. So what does this ruling mean? Well, as you'd be aware, the taxable income of a complying super fund can be made up of two components. A low tax component, which is taxed at 15%, and a non-arm's length component, which attracts the top marginal tax rate. Now, the non-arm's length component for an income year is the amount of a complying super fund's NALI, less any deductions to the extent that they are attributable to that income. And to the extent that the ordinary and statutory income of a super fund is NALI, the income is also not exempt current pension income. So it doesn't attract that 0% tax rate. It stays at that highest marginal tax rate treatment. The low tax component of a complying super fund's taxable income is the amount of the fund's taxable income remaining after deducting that non-arm's length component from its total taxable component. Now, previously, the NALI provisions applied where a complying super fund either first derived ordinary or statutory income under a scheme where the parties were not dealing with each other at arm's length in relation to the scheme, uh, and the amount of the income is more than what might have been expected to have been derived if those parties had been dealing with each other at arm's length in relation to the scheme. Um, or the NALI provisions could have applied where um, income was derived as a beneficiary of a trust through holding a fixed entitlement to the income of the trust, where the super fund acquired the entitlement under a scheme or the income was derived under a scheme and the parties to which were not dealing with each other at arm's length. And the amount of the income is more than what might have been expected to have been derived if they had been dealing with each other at arm's length. Now, although these rules remain, the amendments from the Law Companion ruling remove some of the ambiguity in the application of the NALI provisions by clarifying their application where a complying super fund incurs a loss, outgoing or expenditure, um, or does not incur a loss, outgoing or expenditure in certain circumstances. And this week, we also saw the ATO released a draft consolidation 
outlining proposed changes to Taxation Ruling 2010-1 to explain the interaction between the non-arms-length income provisions and the rules concerning superannuation contributions. Now, the draft taxation ruling also contains changes to reflect the removal of the maximum earnings test for the purposes of deducting personal contributions, which commenced from the 1st of July 2017. And it is expected that when this ruling is finalised, it will be a public ruling for the purposes of the Tax Administration Act. Now, this draft consolidation looks at contributions made to a super fund, an approved deposit fund or retirement savings account. And it explains the Commissioner's views as to what the ordinary meaning of the word contribution, insofar as contributions, is used in relation to a super fund, a pre-deposit fund or a retirement savings account. And importantly, parts of the ruling are also relevant to the meaning of contribution in the CIS Act and the CIS regulations. For example, where funds are electronically transferred to the super fund, the contribution is deemed to have been made when the funds are credited to the super provider's account. While a personal cheque contribution is post-dated and presented and honoured with cash or its electronic equivalent, the contribution is deemed to be the date on the cheque as long as that cheque is promptly presented and honoured. Both the Law Companion Ruling and that Draft Consolidated Tax Ruling provide many examples and are very worthwhile reviewing for your client's particular circumstances. There is no doubt that there is complexity uh, that arises because of the use of the NALI and the NALI terms, but it is well worth investing times, particularly for your self-managed super funds clients, to understand what the ATO's new position is. Now, to keep up with the latest legislative and regulatory changes in the financial advice sector, why not join us for our fortnightly BT Academy technical webinars? Our next session is scheduled for Wednesday the 11th of August 2021 when Erkin Bodek, one of our technical team members, will be presenting on the topic of I want my cake and I'd like it calorie or tax free, where he'll be focusing in on superannuation conditions of release. In that webinar, Erkin will delve into the various conditions of, re- of release with a focus into the various ways um, retirement definitions can be met, the issues around preservation age and age 60 as well as exploring permanent incapacity and terminal illness. Now, to register for this webinar, head to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. And you can also view previous webinars and all of these do qualify for CPD points. And as always, remember, if you have any technical advice strategy questions, you can call our BT Technical Services team on 1800 655 901 or send the team an email at technical at btfinancialgroup.com. Until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows, and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast is being developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.